Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. I'm Lena Lahire, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, best-selling author, and psychology student at the University of Calgary. I'll be discussing topics that range from nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and everything in between so you can feel confident in how to move towards better health physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get into our topic for the day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I hope you're all doing well. 2021 is definitely going to be a different year than last year because every day is a different day than the day before. However, there's going to be a lot of similarities. But if we go into this year with a different mindset, we can have different outcomes. Our mindsets really do lead us to engage in any particular kind of behavior. So if we want different outcomes, different behaviors, we need to have different mindsets. This episode is a little bit different. I haven't done an episode where it's just been me for a while. I've had lots of really wonderful guests on to share their inspiration and insight, talking about mindsets. But I wanted to share a little bit about what I've been going through over the last year and a half. I have kept this pretty quiet because A, I didn't really know what was going on, and B, none of the doctors or specialists that I have seen over the last year and a half have known what has been going on. So it's been a very challenging year and a half, uh, 18, maybe 19 months, both emotionally and physically. And I'll, I'll get into what I've been going through. I'll give you a little bit of background and then share my symptoms. And hopefully in doing so, whoever is listening, if you're dealing with a chronic condition that might be similar to what I have been dealing with, that it will entice you, encourage you, motivate you to be your own advocate and to seek help maybe from sources other than just doctors and and specialists. So a little bit of, of background about me. <laughs> I grew up on an acreage, small town Saskatchewan. I loved being outside, loved playing outside, very active as a child. When I was 13 years old, I went over to a friend's house. She had a quad. I don't know if you know what a quad is, but it's a, a four-wheeler. So we went driving this quad in the fields down these um, dirt roads at <laughs> 13 years old. I was not wearing a helmet. I was sitting on the back. Um, and then we decided to switch. So I started driving. I had never driven a quad before, still wasn't wearing a helmet because she only had one. And as we were driving down this gravel road, a dog ran in front of 
the quad or started running up beside us, ran in front. I had a flinch reaction. I swerved the quad instead of hitting the dog. It went into a ditch and through a barbed wire fence where we were both clotheslined off. Um, The quad was ruined. I almost decapitated myself. I had, um, I was rushed to hospital. I have 44 stitches, 11 staples. I had looked like I had literally been hung the day after. My neck was just completely mangled. My body was mangled. And I recovered. Didn't have any kind of physio. Didn't have any kind of x-rays after that. Um, I was just basically lucky to be alive, happy to be alive, um, even though my body was all scarred now. Fast forward, um, didn't seem to make much of an impact long term, so I thought. And five years ago, my husband and I went to the Calgary Stampede and decided that it was going to be a great idea to go on a fairground ride, which normally it was, one that spins and twists and whatever. And uh, I went on there and got whiplash. I immediately got off the ride. I felt sick to my stomach, like I was walking on a waterbed. I wanted to go to sleep. I felt like throwing up. That lasted for four weeks, that feeling. I didn't go and see anyone because I didn't really think anything of it. It wasn't like your classic whiplash story of being rear-ended or getting into an accident. I mean, I was on a fairground ride, so I really didn't think anything of it. But I went to my uh, chiropractor because my neck was just so sore and just this feeling like I was constantly walking on water, is really dizzy, floating, um, and it was all due to my neck. And I finally found out that I had whiplash. My puppy is right beside me and she's dreaming right now, if you can hear her. So um, I saw him, had my neck treated. Over the last five years, it's never felt great. Like my neck has never felt like it really recovered. So I constantly get this like walking on a waterbed, floating kind of feeling, um, headaches, often but like to be honest I had always gotten headaches I mean I remember being 17 18 years old getting headaches and not really understanding why I mean doctors just kind of bracket you in the term of oh you just get migraines right this is blanket migraine term so about a year and a half ago then my symptoms started to get really bad and everything kind of unraveled. I mean, I turned 30 and I felt absolutely amazing minus uh, not getting my period because I had lost a bunch of weight. But other than that, I really felt good. It took a while to get my cycle back and and put weight on because I was dealing with some other issues. Um, but I felt really good. And then about... September, in my birthday's in April, that September, I started school full time and it seemed like it happened overnight. However, looking back, 
there were a lot of symptoms like the floating, um, feeling dizzy, headaches, mostly um, kind of center forehead, but on my temples as well. They they were always present, but it did kind of feel like things started to unravel overnight, which they didn't. But anyways, I started getting this pressure in the center of my face through my nose through between my eyes it would tingle it would just be this constant pressure it was diagnosed as your typical sinus infection even though I had absolutely no other symptoms of a sinus infection no runny nose no discharge nothing it was just pressure Um, so I went on antibiotics they did nothing Um, I went on another course of antibiotics. They did absolutely nothing. Uh, I've been diagnosed with if, first of all, my doctor thought, oh, it's your eustachian tubes in your ears. So he wanted to put me on another antibiotic for inflammation. And then it was, okay, maybe it's an autoimmune disease or maybe it's, you know, all manner of things, allergies, you know, over the last year and a half I've seen an ear nose and throat specialist there's absolutely nothing wrong with my sinuses I've paid for a personal CT scan absolutely nothing showed up Uh, I've been to an allergist I have zero allergies Um, you name it I have done absolutely everything for this condition finally I got in to see a neurologist which took months like months, had I not paid for the CT scan, this is our medical system in Canada, it would have taken 10 months for me to get into the CT scan, for a CT scan that when I paid for it, took me two days to get into. So anyways, that's a whole nother um, frustration of mine in this whole thing, just how inadequate the medical system has been. Anyways, moving along. I saw a neurologist. She uh, had not really taken me through uh, a huge intake. We did it over Zoom because of COVID. Asked me a bunch of questions. Um, nothing. She didn't ask me anything about being in in accidents, having whiplash. Nothing like that. Which, looking back, it's like, hmm, maybe you should have asked that. <laughs> but I'm giving it away. But she decided and my doctor had decided that what we're dealing with is a headache condition my doctor said it was atypical migraines they wanted me to see a neurologist the ENT also said it looks like you're dealing with a migraine so I saw the neurologist her conclusion was yep it's definitely migraine what does that even mean what does migraine even mean when you actually do research on migraines they basically just tell you that you have migraines when they don't know what's going on you have a headache oh you must get migraines oh that's weird you get it in the center of your face you must have atypical migraines so that is what it got labeled and the solutions for migraines according to doctors is to either medicate you or inject you with botox and there's different lifestyle factors that come into play making sure you get enough sleep drinking enough water, not skipping meals, exercising. I do all of these things. Nothing helps. Sometimes it would get better. Sometimes it wouldn't. Completely random um, pain. 
every single day for a year and a half, it would result in basically me being unable to have any kind of quality of life. Everything would hurt. It would result in just like this overwhelming pressure and pain in my head and in my neck. Um, I couldn't even go for a normal walk without feeling completely exhausted after. Um, Even sitting at my desk doing homework or studying, I'd have to take a break and lay down on the floor and just like lay there and basically cry. So that has been the last year and a half of my life. It's been extremely challenging. So the neurologist offered to do a full Botox migraine treatment for me. Supposed to be coming up at the end of this month, February. That's where they inject Botox, forehead, scalp, neck, shoulders to try and stop the muscles from seizing up. And that's really supposed to help your migraines. Now, I do get Botox in the center of my forehead for wrinkles. So I'm going to be completely transparent with that. No issue with that. However, I had a very strong reservation about getting this whole migraine Botox treatment done. I don't know why. I've been praying about this condition every single day, asking God to show me what is this all about? Like, is this emotional? Like, am I carrying something in my body that's resulting in this? Is it structural? Like, what is going on? I'm willing to do whatever it takes. However, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to just inject a bunch of Botox. That doesn't sound like a solution to me. That sounds like a Band-Aid. And so if you don't know what Botox does, it, it paralyzes the muscles so they cannot function and they cannot activate. So I said, yep, I'll do that. Really continue to pray about it. Then one day I didn't work out. I think it was Christmas time. I didn't work out that day and I had no headache. I didn't get a headache until the afternoon And it was like one of the first days where I had absolutely nothing. And the next day I worked out, didn't think anything of it. And I did this again where I didn't work out one day and then I worked out the next day. And Kevin, my husband said, I think it's something in your workouts that you're doing. There's something with your neck, with something's going on in your workouts that's causing you to react for it to kick off. Try taking a day off and test your hypothesis. So I did that. I was really mindful about my posture. And I mean, you know, I've been studying now. I'm in my second year. And you and I both know that the posture at your desk when you're sitting is not good. You can try and focus on posture all you want, but eventually it's not going to be good. Human beings are not created to sit for extended periods of time, i.e. like five hours a day staring at a computer. You can imagine the position that your upper back, your shoulders, your head is in when you're staring at this computer compared to what it would be if you were standing and active and and engaged. So I did think that it was structural, but I I couldn't rule that out. 
I also had severe jaw pain, like jaw tension. The solution for that, I mean, I saw my dentist, I was clenching, grinding. I've lost two teeth last year from them being cracked from clenching and grinding so much. The solution, again, put a bunch of Botox in your jaw, stop that. Instead of like, why are you grinding? Um, What are some reasons that you could be grinding and solutions to actually fix that problem? No, can't do that. Just inject yourself with Botox more. I didn't do that. Um, But really severe jaw pain that was kind of just written off as TMJ. It's not TMJ or TMD, sorry. Your TMJ is your muscle. TMD is the disorder. So after taking some time um, testing my hypothesis with working out and posture and literally all I started to do was be really mindful of my workouts, about my posture, not do certain things like in a crunch position where my head is pressing into my hands, um, sitting up straight, kind of pulling my shoulders back. I noticed that my headaches started to get less severe or even though they would come up every single day, I could I could manage it. Here's the thing. This is what this is the crazy thing is I wake up every morning and there's nothing. There's no pain. It's like groundhog day. Every single day there's nothing and as the day goes on, that's when it starts to get bad. So the the clenching, you know, my dentist said it's it's all due to clenching, but I don't clench because I would wake up with nothing. So that that was kind of the anomaly, like what is actually going on? So my husband and I decided I needed to go and see a physio because I'm a firm believer in getting to the root of the problem. I tested my hypothesis for a few days. It really did seem to be structurally related. And so I went and saw a physio who was absolutely amazing, an absolute godsend. So went to the physio. Within two minutes, he asked, have you ever had whiplash, concussion? Yep. I told him about my quadding accident. He tested my neck muscles and I completely failed all of the strength tests. I had no strength in my neck. And it's very interesting because another one of my symptoms was I just felt like my head was always heavy. Like it couldn't, my neck couldn't support my head. And honestly, that's why I would have to get up from studying and just lay on the floor because my head felt so heavy. I felt like I couldn't do anything. Um, And it's a, a classic symptom of weak neck muscles. The other thing that was happening is when I was exercising, and this is one thing that they tell you in bar, lots of personal trainers will tell you when you're in a crunch position, say you're lying on your back, your hands are behind your head, they'll tell you push your head into your hands. What that does is that activates something called your sternocleidomastoid, these thick bands in your neck, in the front of your neck. You know, in zombie movies, those are kind of the first to to go and shed the skin and you can see the flesh underneath those like really thick neck bands. Um, so that those start to kick in. The problem with your SCM, that's what it's called for short, the problem with those muscles is that they do not attach onto your spine. And so they're not 
good with stabilization, what they do is they attach onto your lower jaw, onto your clavicle. And so they aid in moving your neck, but they don't aid in stabilization. What happens when these muscles are really tight is they can pull on your jaw. That creates a lot of jaw tension. And what we really need is to have these deep neck muscles, like right around where uh, your your thyroid is, right in the middle of your neck. You have these deep muscles that often go unengaged because we're always in a forward head posture or we're engaging the SCM too much and we're not engaging these deep neck muscles so we don't have the stabilization that we need. And a lot of people are weak in their neck, but for different reasons um, or the same reasons. For me, to add insult to injury, I'm also hypermobile. So I have uh, some issues, we'll say, with many of my joints. My neck is no exception. Um, being hypermobile does not mean you're super flexible. It means your joints often take the brunt of being uh, overly mobile, not your muscles. So it's it's not it's not a good condition to live with. I've torn muscles very easily, um, chronically injured if I don't strengthen properly. Also, the impact of my accident when I was 13 caused me to go into kind of a protection mode with my neck. It was really interesting when I started doing these neck exercises, I got an anxiety attack because it brought back all of these memories of going through the barbed wire and having flashbacks, absolutely nuts. So there was a a really strong emotional component to protecting my neck as well. But also, you know, just poor habits, poor posture habits, poor exercise habits. I'm also a tall woman. I'm six foot one. The world is not built for tall people. So I'm hunched over. Uh, My chin is forward. The solution that a lot of people think is to just pull your head back, but that actually causes shearing in the joint, in um, in the cervical spine. So you don't want to pull your head back. You want to tuck your chin and extend through your thoracic spine, through um, your mid-back, and that will put your head into a better position. It's a very difficult posture to maintain, especially if you're not bodily aware. And I'm throwing out a lot of anatomical terms. So you may think, I have no idea what a cervical spine is or what thoracic extension means. Go look it up because... Unless I show you, it's very challenging to explain other than that thoracic extension is pulling your shoulders back and down without pulling your chin back. You don't want to pull your chin back. Say, imagine that um, you're st- you're up against the wall, your back is up against the wall and your head is in a kind of a neutral position and then you pull your head back so it touches the wall. That is not something that you want to do. That creates shearing in the joint. And that can create a lot of tension and pain right through the occipital ridge, which is right at the base of your skull, right behind um, your head and your neck. And that creates 
joint inflammation, which can cause headaches, especially in and around the eyes because our occipital ridge, that um, occipital occiput, is where our vision happens. So the back of our brain is where our vision happens. So when we have pain through those joints, it can affect our vision, which is really interesting. Um, All my anatomy from personal training has definitely helped me out in this whole thing. And so what we want to do is to tuck our chin like we're nodding when we're in certain exercise positions or when we're extending through our upper back instead of pulling the chin back you want to tuck it and so you're you're giving yourself a double chin this is just a side note to tuck your chin you're going to have a double chin when you do that when you do exercises i wonder if people don't do that because they're self-conscious about having a double chin and we have this like selfie neck of where we're always trying to extend our chin out and it's creating a lot of damage. I don't know. That's that's just a, a theory of mine that has not been proven. Maybe it has. It'd be something really interesting to conduct research on if you're a physio or in that kind of sphere. Moving on. So I've been strengthening my neck. I still have a lot of inflammation in the joints in my upper neck and The next kind of course of action that I'm exploring that my physio thinks is a good idea is to get something called a diagnostic block. This is different from Botox. So if you have symptoms that the back of your neck, upper neck is really sore, if you're doing these neck exercises and it completely blows you up, like you get all of these headaches specifically in and around your eyes, uh, your temples, and you're just kind of out of commission, it could be because the joints are inflamed and the muscles won't activate properly when the joints are inflamed. I do think that I could probably work through it and every time I do an exercise, just realize I'm gonna have inflammation. Basically every exercise I do now creates some form of headache, but I understand why and I'm doing my my physio exercises, but this diagnostic block is when they go in with a local anesthetic and cortisone into the joint. It's diagnostic in the sense that if that's the source of pain, the pain goes away. And it's therapeutic in that the pain goes away. So you're trying to, to nail down where the source of pain is coming from. Is it the joint? Is it the muscle? And what my physio thinks is that it's the joint. Thankfully, these diagnostic blocks are covered by Alberta Health because they think it's, you know, it's a a relatively effective treatment or else it wouldn't be covered. So this is something that I'm exploring, but my symptoms have definitely gotten better. Most importantly, I still get headaches every single day. I still have symptoms every single day, but I'm able to manage it due to understanding why it's happened in the first place. I'm also going to note that my neck needs activation. The muscles in my neck need to be active because right now they're not. They're extremely weak. Uh, The muscles in the back of my neck are extremely weak. 
those seem to kick off my headaches the most. So if I'm doing anything where I'm lying on my stomach and I have to lift my chest off the floor um, or lift my neck off the floor, then that can really kick everything off for headache, headache wise. Putting Botox in my neck and shoulders would cause the muscles to be paralyzed, meaning I couldn't activate them, which is exactly what they need. Not only is Botox not the solution, it would have been absolutely disastrous for my condition. This is so frustrating to me to think about the medical industry and the solutions, and I say solutions with air quotes, to things that they actually don't understand. So they just bracket you as you have migraines, let's do some Botox instead of digging deeper. You know, one thing that my physio said when you do this um, this test called the chin tuck head lift, I couldn't even do it. Like I couldn't even lift my head off of the table. I could, I could tuck my chin, but I couldn't even lift my head off the table. And you should be able to lift it up and at least hold for 30 seconds, even if you're wobbling around like a bobblehead. But I couldn't even lift my head up. He said, this should be a regular practice for doctors to look at, something that they do with all of their patients that experience headaches, and yet they don't. That's not the solution from doctors. The solution is to just medicate you and to not dig in deeper. That's really frustrating to me. That's extremely frustrating to me is that you have all of these people that are experiencing headaches that have a low quality of life. And most of the time, I'm just going to say most of the time, because I actually do believe this, is it's structural and there's something going on with their body. Now, I'm not saying that migraines don't exist and that people don't have, you know, actual brain migraines. People get auras. Migraines are extremely prevalent. But I wonder how many how many times someone's gone in and they've had that label of migraine slapped on them because they have a headache condition, which I do have a headache condition, but it's spawning from my posture, from my neck. And I wonder how many people actually have issues going on with their neck and their shoulders that's contributing to their headaches. Now, mine was kind of crazy because of the accident when I was 13, the whiplash, the hypermobility. I mean, I had some, I, I have some crazy symptoms where it just shows up as facial pain, facial pressure in the center of my face. It's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why, um, but I have a tight jaw. I have all of these different things. The back of my neck hurts. My head feels heavy. So these are my symptoms and they're actually pretty common. My physio has treated many people that have similar symptoms and it's all been due to a weak neck. And that weak neck is due to improper posture, improper posture when you're training, lack of strength. These are the things that we need to address. You know, there's there's different aspects of this that I could go into that frustrate me. A, that physios are so expensive and that people don't have more access to them because I think that 
They should. I'm paying a phenomenal amount of money to see a physio once a week. And I'm very blessed to be able to do that. Uh, at this rate, I would spend any kind of money to not be in pain anymore. Um, I'm very happy that this diagnostic block um, injection is covered by AHS. And, and the other thing is with COVID and how gyms have been closed, you know, things that actually help keep people healthy. People say, well, you can work out at home. Yeah, but you can't strength train properly at home unless you have the setup, unless you have weights. Sure, you can do body weight, but if you're doing something improperly over and over and over again, you're going to create problems. Me, being a personal trainer, knowing anatomy, being very bodily aware, still was doing things wrong over and over and over and over again. Like we need guidance, we need help, we need the proper setup in order to keep our body strong and functioning. And these facilities have been closed and closed for absolutely no good reason. We know that the spread isn't happening in gyms. Gyms have been closed. Numbers are still the same. Sure, they're going down a little bit. Gyms were not the issue. Fitness is not the issue. It is the solution. So that has been extremely frustrating, um, not only for me as a health professional, fitness professional, but for people that own fitness facilities as businesses. I know it's been very frustrating for them. Also going through um, this class that I'm going through called the psychology of aging and all of these things that happen to us as we age in every single system in our body, um, physically. Exercise is one of the ways that we can effectively treat all of these natural age-related declines that we experience, whether it be uh, lack of testosterone for men, weight training is seemed to be a great option and alternative to hormone replacement therapy. The same for women who are going through menopause, bone loss, help with sleep, circadian rhythm, all of these different things. Exercise really helps. And this is what we need right now. So that's my story with dealing with a chronic condition physically. Emotionally, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but when you identify with being a certain way, training a certain way, to have that kind of taken away from you or not be able to do that anymore is very challenging when it comes to your own personal identity. And that was one thing that has really changed in me. Like I can't train the way that I used to. I can't completely thrash my body. Like I can hardly run. Um, walking takes a lot of effort because now I'm so focused on my posture that even going for a walk is exhausting. My workouts are very slow. They're very intentional. However, it doesn't mean that I've changed. It just means I need to adapt and find that balance within myself again. I think a lot of us will identify as something, say you're an athlete or a runner and then something happens, whether it's an injury, whether it's illness or whether it's just normal age-related decline and you have to change 
the way that you work out. A lot of people feel like they've lost their identity and they'll say, well, I guess I'm not a runner anymore or I'm not an athlete anymore. No, you can be a runner still, but it's going to look different than what it did before. And this goes for anything like people that lose their job or that retire. You don't have to lose your identity with it and completely unravel. So finding that balance within myself and knowing, no, I can still work out. I'm still strong. It just has to look different right now. I have to support my body right now has been essential in my healing process. And regardless of this diagnostic injection, my journey to recovery is not over. And, you know, I don't know what that's going to look like. I have absolutely no idea. All I know is that I've actually found the solution and now just um, maintaining that is what's going to be the most difficult (laughs) but it gets easier and easier every day so I really wanted to share my experience and also share my symptoms because I know a lot of people share the same symptoms and I encourage you that if you're dealing with some kind of headache condition and you do not have traditional migraines or maybe you think you do I don't know I would go and get a second opinion if you can afford to go and see a physio go and see a good physio like is your neck strong what is your posture like what is your upper back like strengthen your posture strengthen your posterior chain get on YouTube look up different ways that you can maintain proper posture if you do a lot of sitting and see if that helps. Um, Because you never know, like a lot of people have all of these symptoms and they never get a proper diagnosis. They have no idea what's going on and they kind of just settle for a suboptimal life. And I don't believe that you have to live that way. I believe that we can find the root to most of our issues, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical. I I don't believe that nothing is unsolvable. It just takes a little bit of effort. So that is my journey. I'm focusing on my posture and changing the way I work out and how I view my workouts as well. So thank you so much for joining me today and sharing in with my experience. I hope that this has offered some insight and inspiration to anyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel on iTunes And please leave me a review so we can get this message of better health out there. Have a great day and remember, you are powerful over your health.